man. Are you flying high or what about your Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, the Steelers dominating right now, man. That offense, the juggernaut. Um, it's pretty amazing how well they've been playing the last two games. And, and Ben just really looking like he could get into the MVP race right now. Well, here's the here's the thing. Are you buying their winning and the style that they're winning? And do you think it can continue the colder it gets? I think the cool thing with the Steelers is they hit the injuries early on in the season. They lost a lot of their defensive players. Those guys are going to start coming back towards the end of the year. And that can balance out the whole squad. You know, as much as they've had a couple of impressive victories, I'm not still buying into them like they're a crazy contender. Because in the NFL, you just can't get too high and too low. So I think that um, they will balance things out. I'm glad that the offense is clicking. They're going to bring some of the defenders back out, whether it's a Paulo Malu, the linebacking core, even Ike Taylor has been gone for a long time. So I think we're looking good to go into the stretch run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of trends I wanted to bring up. One is um, when you see 80% of the money on one team, mm-hmm. you kind of want to go the other way. Yeah. And last week it happened to the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Everybody was all over them, and then they get blown out 37 nothing. That one was a shocker, man. I like. I, I thought San Diego was going to win that game, or I thought it would be a competitive game for sure. But Miami really stepped it up. Miami's one of those teams the last few years that they pull that stuff out. I don't know how they do it again and again, but they just make these crazy victories, and they're so frustrating. You think they're going to fall apart? Tannehill's an average quarterback, and then they just pull out a victory like this. Well, they changed their offense, right, with Tannehill now. Mm-hmm. They're doing the uh, the read option out of the shotgun, mm-hmm. and um, he's ripping off some big runs. Yeah, he started yeah. that stuff against uh, Green Bay, I think. Yeah, I didn't know he was that quick, too, man. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's um, like three one hundredths of a second slower than Russell Wilson hmm. in the in the forty. So, yeah, and I guess he started out as a wide receiver. Oh, I didn't know that either, he's man. Texas A and M, I believe. So. Yeah, man. So he's he's a fast guy, an athletic guy, and he knows when to get down and when to get out of bounds, and he's faster than a lot of people think. Yeah, he's a pretty big guy too, so he's pretty durable. So yeah. um, it should be interesting to see what he can do the rest of the year because he's been the, the quintessential quarterback that you don't know if he's your franchise guy or not. That's the thing. And um, the other trend I wanted to bring up is teams coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, you know, coming off a bye was such a... They're rested, yeah. They're they're good to go. Rested, you're more prepared. Now it's like there's too much rest. Or you can't practice enough during that bye time. So they come back and the other team's sharper because they've been playing. Mm -hmm. So with that happening, I think there's been 14 teams that have had a bye. And of those, only four have come back to win. Crazy. So... It's kind of, the buy is more detrimental than it is beneficial. Yeah, I, I'd still think it depends where your buy is going to be at. Mm-hmm. As far as if your team is um, got a few players that are, are hurt and injured, you want to get those guys rested and back into it. So I look at it from that standpoint that it, it can be a beneficial thing, but it's all about when you hit that buy. Yep, that's true. That's true. I mean, your, your boy's coming back this week. Calvin. Oh, I know. That's a, that's a big one. Detroit that's Lions. A, that's a good example right there. 
It's just, uh, you know, some of them, when you go in too high, usually, you know, you could read the buy. Mm-hmm. Where if you're a team, you know, on a winning streak, you don't want to buy. Because when you come out, that's when you can bet against them. Yeah. If you're a team kind of spiraling downhill, you get a buy, it kind of saves you. Mm-hmm. Come out refocused. And uh, I don't know how it's going to affect some of these buy teams. Like uh, this week, we've got Detroit, Buffalo, um, who is it? Green Bay, Chicago. Who else is there? Is it Carolina? Um, no. Um, I think Carolina played last week. Pretty yeah. sure they did. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, it's... Um, is there going to be a coach fired pretty soon, man? Here's, that's the question I wanted to ask you. Eh, listen, man, if Rex Ryan doesn't get fired, then nobody else deserves to get fired. Yeah, I think it's it's time to go for Rex. I wonder if it's going to happen in their bye week. Because if the Steelers really do them up this week with that offense, then um, I wonder if they're going to keep them. But then it's like, what benefit do you get by firing the guy, though, as well? Well... Here comes another firing, um, Mike Smith in ATL. Yeah, um, yeah. I love how they really botched that game. In oh, they're, about, they're about to botch another one this Sunday. <laughs> they're one of the teams coming off a of bye too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just don't get it though, man. If you look at Mike Smith's record as a coach, it's he's got to be like ten games plus over five hundred. I'm thinking. I mean, he had a few twelve and four seasons there for the Falcons. They struggled last year because of some big injuries. Um, they got off to a bad start this year. But, like, I'm surprised that everybody's, like, really circling around um, Mike Smith and the Falcons and saying it's on the way down. Like, like Ron Riviera, like, I, I'd get rid of him before Mike Smith. Like, Smith is a proven winner. Uh, you know, he was when he had his, his personnel. And I think he still has enough personnel to win. I think the difference in Carolina is I don't think they have the personnel. Whatever mm-hmm. the GM did, just getting rid of everybody. Getting yeah. rid of Smitty. And uh, there's been some bad luck with injuries and stuff like that. But Atlanta's been, uh, you know, you can blame the injury only so much with Atlanta. I know their offensive line was decimated. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the defense is, is, has gotten really bad. And Matt Ryan hasn't looked like himself either. Right. So, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that Steven Jackson was the right fit in ATL. I think they always needed somebody faster. I thought Jaquiz Rogers could have been used better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you feel about this week, man? Yeah, this week uh, is always my favorite, getting into November for football, because right now games start becoming must-wins. Yep. It really gets that point that you really need the W. You can't trip up. There's no easy games. Um, so I might, I might as well start with my pick. Uh, I was going to save this one for later, but speaking of no easy games, I got Pittsburgh minus four and a half against the Jets. Yep. It's one of those kind of games that could be kind of a trap game. The Jets, you know, have sucked. The Steelers coming off a couple big wins. But I also think it's a game that the Steelers aren't going to take lightly because they lost to a team like Tampa Bay. They struggled to get by against Jacksonville. Um, so I'm looking for Pittsburgh to, to really go in there, like knowing that they need this W. The AFC North is a very competitive division. 
you can't afford to lose a game because you could go from second place to last place just like that. So I'm going with the Steelers. Very interesting. Very interesting. As you say that, I'm just going to go over our records quickly. So right now I'm 22-17-1. Yep. And you're up to 16-24. and 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're closing the gap a little bit, and in saying that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to close it even more. <laughs> Remember we were talking about when 80% of the bets are on one team? Yeah, I had a feeling you were going this way. Yeah, man. Pittsburgh is getting 77% of them. And as bad as the Jets are, you couldn't find a better situation where people are very, very high on Pittsburgh. Yeah. And people are extremely low on the Jets. And I think this line is only going to go up towards Pittsburgh's way. That's and, Yeah, but it's pretty low for considering the Steelers' domination in the last few. Like, I thought this line would be higher. I thought it would be more than a touchdown. So it's pretty low. I don't know. I think a four-and-a-half-point road favorite is pretty pretty large. Against a one and eighteen? Yeah, they're not a good team at all. But I don't know. It's hard to say anything that the Jets do well. I don't think their defense is good. Their quarterbacks are awful. <laughs> Wide receivers are awful. The running backs are awful. I can't point to anything that they're going to do well. But I do see... I don't think... I'm not buying Pittsburgh's defense at all. Right, yeah. And I think it's strictly just been Ben and Antonio Brown. And I think Ben's doing a good job just airing it out. And... If they play them, you know, it's all about if the Jets can come out, put up one defensive game, mm-hmm. get off the field on third downs here and there. But I'm kind of just going against it just because of the trend. I can't believe that I would actually put money on it, but I think I will. But I'm just going to wait for this line to go up even more. But for now, I'll give the Jets plus four and a half. Yeah, I think this is definitely one that would get up to a minimum of six and a half by by Saturday night. I think so. I think yeah. so, too. Well, since uh, we're talking about our teams, I- I'm going to go with your squad there, too, man. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yep. Minus two and a half against Miami. It's actually my lock, man. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, I like the way Detroit's played defense this year, and I think that's the biggest difference with them this year versus the other years. And having that ability to, to have confidence in your defense it's a great thing for a team like the Lions, who also have a dynamic offense, and with Calvin coming back, Miami, they're like I just talked about, they're a team that can mess up a lot of your bets, but I just don't believe in them. <laughs> yeah. So when it's that low of a spread, too, uh, I, I got to ride with Detroit, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, we got Calvin coming back. It looks like one of our tight ends, Joseph Fourier, is coming back. So... Besides Nick Fairley being out and our rookie Ebron, who may not play, um, the team's pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a bad situation for Miami coming off that blowout win against San Diego. Yeah. Coming to Detroit. And Detroit's one of them teams coming off a bye. But they're at home. Yep. And they're a lot better home team than they are a road team. And it's going to be loud in Detroit. And everybody knows that. Tannehill and these Miami Dolphins are coming, so the game's going to be taken very seriously. And the race in the NFC, Detroit's right in the mix, so they have to win. And Detroit's been here for a few years now, too. 
They've had, you know, after all those bad years, they've had a few years when they go kind of the six and two pattern and they haven't been able to get over that hump. And so I think that that squad also knows like this is a tremendous opportunity to get over that hump and to have our hometown fans just rock the house and and help us get over this hump. And I think this could be their year to really do that. Yeah, yeah, I think this is, uh, uh, well, we'll see what happens, man. I want to over a little bit i don't like to get too hype anymore yeah. the season but let's see what happens um but i'm hyped for another home team that is a traditional really good home team yeah that i think the spread is only going to be favorable in this direction come sunday but buffalo is a one and a half point home dog mm-hmm. i'll take buffalo for casey <laughs> i think everybody's going to look at this game and say oh casey's a better team i'm going to take casey and it's going to look yeah. like a simple play. Well, Casey's gotten out to a good start. This was one of those squads that people thought could be on the way down. They've played solid. Buffalo, what I like about them this year is they just, they've kind of developed an identity that is kind of like a Buffalo identity as far as they're tough, they're, they're mean, you know? And, and that's, I think that's what you got to have in a place like Buffalo. And as the weather gets colder, that's only going to work to their benefit even more. Um, I, I don't like them enough to pick them here. But um, I can see your reasoning right there, and I, I'd love for the Bills to get a W right here and, and stay in that hunt, in the uh, whether it's the wild card race or even in the division. Yep. What else you like, man? Um, I, I like the Sunday Nighter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know which way I'm going to go on it, though. I don't know, but I, I have a feeling. I, I'm going to take some points. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the points, man. I'm going I'm to ride with Chicago. Chi-town. Hey, you know what I, I found has been my sweet spot at, at, as far as um, really developing my comeback here on the our race for, for picking winners is going with the underdogs, man, getting some points. And I, I just look at it as a lot of points. I think Chicago, you know, they've been falling uh, apart, but I think they could put it back together. And I've never been a big personal fan of Jay Cutler. But that don't mean the guy can't ball hard, and he's got a lot of weapons. And Tressman is there, and I don't think he's lost the team. And I think uh, they could come up big against Green Bay, who's played good. But I just don't really believe in Green Bay that much either. Yeah, I don't either. So I don't, I don't mind the pick there at all. Um, I'm actually going to take it to the NFC South, mm-hmm. a battle of titans. And I'm going to take the opposite of the public opposite of the team coming off the bye and go with the home dog plus two and a half your Tampa Bay Buccaneers (laughs) Lovey Smith and his ultra conservative offense take the field with Josh McCown yeah (laughs) man this is a disaster waiting to happen I just hope it's a disaster in Tampa's favor I don't see Atlanta coming here and winning it is that good old stinker of the week yeah, it's gross. I'm not going to watch a minute of this game. But uh, the question is, like, can Atlanta get back in the race? Hey. I mean, there's always one team a year that uh, I think the Washington Redskins of a couple years ago are a great example. They started out 3-6, and six, come back and make the playoffs. There's a lot of teams that will go 3-6. and six. I mean, the Steelers started out 0-4. To maybe like two and six, and and they were just knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be ATL, but 
it's always a team that started out bad, and that division is weak. I think there's better candidates than that mm-hmm. going on. You have those in the uh, in the NFC West, especially. You have actually talented teams that are doing it. And, yeah, uh, I don't think ATL comes close to those guys. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, teams that have been faltering, San Francisco 49ers, man, what happened to them? True. Well, you know, when you start losing, all that crap your coach tells you yeah, has to go the other way, and it can crumble fast, especially if you have a disciplinarian type of coach. Yep. And um, I don't know if that's actually the case, if that's actually what's going on in San Francisco. But there's something not right. And I don't think Kaepernick's seeing all of it either. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's seeing it, man. And these fumbles, it's very sloppy, man. Very, very sloppy. Yeah. Last year at the beginning of the year, Jaws, Ron Jaworski, said that Colin Kaepernick could be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I really respected Jaws' opinion. Like he's like one of those guys who looks at a lot of film. You know, I just watch the games, man. And and even in football, it's tough to watch a lot of games because they're on one day. So you you rely on a lot of highlights. But I haven't seen that growth in Colin Kaepernick the last couple of years. I don't see him with the total command of the team. I don't see just that hunger or the ability to lead the team. Um, as much as I would have liked to see right now. So I'm going to go with New Orleans because I see all those characteristics in Drew Brees. I see um, the older quarterbacks lately have been able to do really well because of the new rules and um, not being able to touch the quarterback whatnot. And I like New Orleans here to, to ring off some victories in a row. So I'll take New Orleans minus 5.5 against San Fran. I actually agree with your pick. It's not one of my picks, but I agree with it. And I think I'm going to be betting it because... I think New Orleans at home is a whole totally different animal. Yeah. And now that Jimmy Graham is back, I think they're, you know, they just look bad for the first few games. And I agree. They're just going to rattle off these victories, especially at home. And in that division. And yeah, and they're going to win the division. Easy. So that's what I think is going to happen as well. Um, for my final pick, I'm actually going against uh, a trend. Yeah. Usually it's... Um, when Seattle's at home, you bet them. Ooh, ooh. And I'm going to go the other way. I like where this is going. You, you, you go with the... Who wants to take? The football Giants. Football Giants. And this has nothing to do with the Giants themselves. It has everything to do with the Seahawks. Mm. And the Giants were one of those that came off the bye. And they played Indy. And they got smoked. And Seattle barely won. And they didn't even cover against Oakland. Mm -hmm. And this is a a game, when they played against Oakland in Seattle, Seattle won the turnover battle by three. They were plus three in the turnover margin. It shouldn't come down to the last possession Mm -hmm. against Oakland. Yeah. So, there's a lot wrong with Seattle. There's a lot of starters that are out. There's a safety that's out. There's offensive linemen that are out. The starting tight end is out. Golden Tate is gone. Percy Harvin's gone. They don't have the 
the threats that they used to have, and they don't have the defense that is sacking the quarterback or causing the turnovers that they used to. Yep. So, as much as Eli loves to turn the ball over and hand the ball to the defense, I'm going to take a shot and take them plus 10. I'm more betting the number than I am the uh, actual game. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that um, for all those reasons. The Giants, if they're going to do something this year, they got to do it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they get to 3-6, and six, it's going to be tough to climb out of that. And this is a, a window for them because it, it's so true every year there's that Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. Where teams that win the Super Bowl, maybe it's because everybody gives you your best shot, but um, teams just don't look the same the next year. They might get off to a good start. I mean... Seattle wins the first game of the year. Everybody thinks they could go 15-1. and <laughs> But um, we're just not seeing that. So um, I, I, I'm not brave enough to, to take the Giants in this position to get a W or, or even on that spread necessarily because I think Seattle could turn it on at, at a point. But but uh, can't go wrong with the points there, man. Now, for my last pick, I, I struggled because I, I put six picks down. So I was deciding between these two. And I was thinking I was going to take Carolina because uh, I, I just love how the narrative right now is that Mark Sanchez is back. The savior. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that so soon, too. Like, for a guy who missed all of last year, had a bad year before that, you know, um, had to go up against the Tebow competition to the Geno Smith competition. So I feel good, though, for Sanchez. I think he might have learned... His lesson humbled himself, and so all, all, all the good for him. But um, I, I decided not to go with Carolina against Philly there. But I am going to go with Arizona minus seven against St. Louis. St. Louis been playing tough, though, man. <laughs> but um, Arizona has been dominating. And uh, I just look at it like if Arizona keeps on winning like this, I could see them still beating St. Louis, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a spread, and, you know, you're catching it at 7, but it's already gone up a lot of places to seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Um, that's only going to get higher as we get closer to the game. Exactly. The Rams are usually a good dog. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, uh, against Arizona, I don't necessarily see it. They pulled off a miracle victory last week. But San Francisco was vulnerable. They were. They were. They're a good team, but they're vulnerable. Arizona took care of business last week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to... uh... And then there's a lot of ugly games going on, man. That Denver game in Oakland. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Dallas and Jacksonville in Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Treating the UK to a lovely football match. (laughs) And then tonight, you got the Battle of Ohio. Yeah, yeah, that I like the game tonight too. I, I like Cincy and Cleveland, and um, this is a, a big divisional matchup. I heard uh, LeBron is cheering for the Browns, but Kyrie Irving's uh, cheering for the Bengals. <laughs> man, those guys got to get on the same page, man. How, how did Kyrie not have an assist yesterday, man? Put up thirty-four points, zero assists. Hey, man, when you get the ball, you got to shoot. You know what I mean? Oh. You never know when the ball's gonna come back around. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, I love how the Cavs got off to this bad start. I like how they lost to the Jazz and Trailblazers and, and the New York Knicks on opening night. 
It's incredible because yeah. people go into panic mode. But it's one of those things where, like, in a way, it could be the best thing that could happen to them in the season. Has to be. Same thing happened to the Heat. Yeah, exactly. When they first got together. Nothing different. Yeah. So it's gonna um, take time. Especially with those kids, man. Those kids got to learn how to win. They're younger. They're younger. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, man. It's like, all right, man, they don't pass to Mike Miller. They don't pass to Ray Allen. It's like the young guys don't pass to the old guys. <laughs> and that's what happens. So Blatt's going to have to uh, fix this. It's going to be interesting to see if he can. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, but... The highlights, <laughs> the Gordon Hayward highlights. Yeah, those are hilarious. Well, I think the difference between this situation and a lot of other situations are it's great when you got a guy like LeBron on the team because he's the guy who's going to buy into the system. He doesn't need to get his. He's not trying to score thirty plus points a game. He doesn't need all those shots like a Kobe Bryant would need or a Carmelo. So when you have your best player buying in and saying, "I don't need that. I just want to win." I think it, it's got to make things a lot easier for the coach. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Your best player, and then he's trying to set the tone like a Tim Duncan sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But in saying that, the team that I see that's actually building like the Spurs, besides the obvious choice of Atlanta Hawks are okay. trying. I thought that's what you were going with. <laughs> right? No, that's that's the obvious one because they got Budenholzer. Yeah. And they're trying to turn Jeff Teague into Tony Parker and Horford into... Uh, DL slash Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Mm. Mm. The way they're, the way they've built their bench. Yeah, yeah. Out rolls for it's uh, I'm really, really surprised and impressed with the personnel decisions that they've made. Mm-hmm. And Masai is doing it, man. Masai is living up to the hype. Yeah, the the Raptors are in a good position right now, and um, they've been. The, I think the key thing for them is they're winning games that they normally wouldn't win. Uh, if they got down by a lot, they're they're coming back, staying in the game, and and getting those Ws. And those those are the wins that really make a difference at the end of the season when you say, you know, you're a three seed or a five seed or an eight seed, or you miss the playoffs. So as long as they can keep on rolling like this, you know, the the season could look good. I, I'm looking forward to. Um, some of the tight matchups, some of the upper echelon teams coming to town, and, and how they handle that, though. I think the um, the the best move they made is one of the quietest around the league, and I think James Johnson. Oh, okay, yeah. A huge pickup. Hmm. Yeah. He was he was always a good player. Yep. And you know who used to talk about him a lot was his old teammate, man, Zach Randolph. Hmm. Talked about him a lot. Said that's the guy. That's the heart yeah. and soul. That's the no fear guy. What I like about the NBA right now is that's what's really making the difference nowadays is is the like low key players are really starting to make their statements like for teams. Like and, and it wasn't always that way. Like usually you always depended on your superstars and that's what would carry you. But as you're seeing with teams like OKC when their two big guys go down, like nobody gives them a shot. So it's really about those guys that fly under the radar but that can ball hard. Yeah, that's true. Perry Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens, man. I think uh, Memphis looks great. Marcus Gasol looks like he's in shape for the first time or something. 
Yeah, they're just dominating. Yeah, their their front line is awesome, and I think uh, Vince Carter is actually a good fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our boy Vince. It, it seemed like a weird pickup going there, but uh, hey, it's clicking, and and I like Vince's maturity now that he's he's a veteran. Like I never thought he was going to be the guy that stuck around this long too. And um, kind of altered his game to be able to have that longevity. But, um, you know, good for him. And Dallas, too, man. I, for anybody that oh, says yeah, you know, the East is evening out, no, it's not even close, man. Yeah. The West is so dominant. Yeah, I, lo- I love Dallas right now, man. Uh, they, they've got a good squad, and um, they're really putting it together, too. So there's a lot of teams that, that could emerge as the dominant teams. You know, San Antonio's got to watch out. They do, and my favorite uh, non-Spur team is actually the Suns. Ooh, okay, okay. I love the Suns, man. And one of the underrated pickups there is Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Might get the sixth man of the year. Yeah. Like, he's 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 playing a Ginobili role. Comes on, he's not just a scorer, he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. And he's all over the court and wreaks havoc. He single-handedly beat the Spurs at the end of the game. And that's the thing. He's he's like Ginobili in that way that he'll come off the bench, but he'll finish the game. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they've been playing him. He's putting up bigger stats than dra- uh, Dragic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like how they play, man. I really like their their personnel. Yeah, starting's overrated. Yeah. It's all about finishing, man. Yeah, but finishing and just your efficiency. Yeah, meaningful that's minutes. What, you know, the Raptors, that, that's what they're doing a little bit better is playing different guys, different lineups, seeing what works, you know? Yeah, you you might as well. At the beginning of the season, really get that chemistry down. I think they're the deepest team in the East. Them and the Cavs are the deepest team in the East. Actually, the Bulls are too, man. All three of them are. Bulls are pretty deep too now. That was a good pickup for Aaron Brooks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another one that flies under the radar, man, but comes in key. Replace the superstar of last year, DJ Augustine. <laughs> so, all right, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I'm gonna get a couple game uh, back into this this year, man. Let's see. We only got seven weeks left, so let's see. I better. All right, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.